The next world war will be between those who love the Beatles and don't. Let's do this. Swifties versus the Beatles. Yeah, Swifties <laughs> versus the Beatles, yeah. Uh, well, all hail our new overlord Taylor Swift is what I'm saying. You are listening to Beats and Weeps. Hello, you're listening to the Beeps and Bleeps podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. Today, my guest is Robert Frost III. How are you today, Rob? I am doing fantastic. Excellent. Glad to have you here. Um, first thing I'll Glad ask, to be here. Uh, first thing I'll ask, and it's kind of a big question to start things off, really. It's how you got into working in games, games audio, basically, sort of journey through school if there was any sort of musical or audio things during that up until you started working in games audio yeah well um well it all starts between uh with with love between a man and a a woman and (laughs) you know it all started there and no i'm just kidding um let's see like i you know my game audio career kind of started from a failed career in just like bands, like working in my own band. I started a band in college called Youth at Large. Um, and uh, it was a lot of fun, but, you know, ultimately just didn't didn't work out. You know, we were all in college and kind of spreading apart and going in different, different directions. And I was just kind of like, well, I've been working on this project for my whole college career basically my whole life it was kind of my thing you know and then kind of brought people in and and it kind of started from there like right after that i just you know kind of said like doing this band thing really stresses me out so um not that i wouldn't be open to trying it again but i just kind of said i'm gonna be I, i really love games i've always loved games they've always been a big important part of my life ever since I picked up my first game, you know, um, when I was a kid. And so I just kind of like we, we were talking a little bit before the call about how it kind of feels untouchable. Like, you know, the industry doesn't really feel a lot of the times very accessible to, there's just a lot of mystery yeah. to it. A lot of like, yeah, mystery. And so, um, I just I just told myself one day I was like I'm going to be a game composer or I'm going to I'm going to work in games, you know. I'm going to do that. And I just started saying it about myself. <laughs> <laughs> like without any credits, without anything. I just started saying, you know, like uh, this is what I do. And it wasn't a complete lie, you know, like I had started making up stuff you know like oh i imagine a final fantasy game you know oh this is the music that it would be and it was awful you know the music was terrible and you know you you sit there and you're like you think your whole life like you're going to be so good at it all of a sudden and it's so much work like it's been a massive massive thing to take on uh game audio and um it's kind of one of those things that uh I didn't really, I didn't really know what to expect, you know. So I could just sort of started listening to people and asking around, and 
you know, I started with people at my school. I, I went to McNally Smith College of Music and I got a bachelor's degree in music production in uh, 2012. And then the school closed in 2015 or 2016 or something like that. So, <laughs> so it's, that doesn't even exist anymore. But, um, and, you know, like did my whole career um, in music there and music production and, um, and then after school is when I kind of like got into this. I had never, we never even talked about game audio in school. Yeah. Not, not even, not even a mention really. And, um, I did ask a teacher of mine who was my, um, you know, like an older teacher of mine, uh, who I, who I thought, you know, saw, saw as like a mentor. And he told me to start going to uh, the IGDA events, local IGDA events. And, the, and I, if you don't know what that is, it's the International Game Developers Association. And there's local chapters everywhere, like yeah. around the world. And, you know, you, you use that kind of group to connect to other like worldwide events like the Global Game Jam. And um, so I kind of started with just this like kind of humble beginnings of of just like game jams, local stuff, and uh, and my first game jam, global game jam, I met um, Zach and Tommy, uh, Zach Johnson and Tommy Saunders, who I eventually made Space Mace with. And the only reason I really en- uh, introduced like Space Mace and like the journey is just because like it was such a foundational part of of kind of like how I kind of got started in game audio. Yeah. And in fact, like, you know, my, my route is fairly untraditional. Um, even though there isn't really a traditional way to get into this <laughs> anyway, obviously. <laughs> but if you look at other people's careers, you know, they go right for trying to get on, uh, like work with studios and, and, but, but I decided to make a studio with my friends and, you know, it was a good and bad idea. Um, it, it was a journey. It was a worthy endeavor. Um, and I, I would never trade anything for it, but that's kind of really where things started to pick up was when I was working with space mace and then in between, you know, like working on smaller stuff or, or bigger stuff, even outside of space mace, but it kind of just had that, like, I'm a game developer. I have something to talk about with other people, and it made it made it feel like I was supposed to be <laughs> in places <laughs> that maybe I would have felt like I shouldn't have been or something or nervous about if I didn't have an affiliation with it. I mean, we did all kinds of stuff with Space Mace. Like, you know, um, we traveled all over the U.S. and and out and some outside of the country too. Um, and so we traveled a lot, you know, we met a lot of people and did a lot of stuff and it feels like an eternity ago, really. But, um, yeah, I mean, I even looked at some of the roster of people that you've, you've had on here and I'm like, <laughs> I've met them at events or I've met, you know, like I've seen them or been, or good friends with them, you know, or whatever. So it's pretty cool to see what 10 years of really hustling and, and just kind of like figuring it out. Uh, just how kind of how it's how it's developed is it's pretty incredible and going through a pandemic and basically having to start all over and yeah so but 
that's kind of how I got started. Pretty long-winded, but it's a it's it's a story. It is. <laughs> so I mean, the guys um, whose names you've just said, and I've completely forgotten. Yeah. So I apologize from Space Base. Um, <laughs> yeah, were they? already working in the games industry before you kind of met them or were they kind of in the same sort of situation as yourself yeah no uh well zach and so zach johnson um he he runs his own thing called zachstronaut and that that's kind of his like you know pseudonym or whatever you'd call it his alias or whatever um so you know what he was calling himself when he was doing and zach's been doing games for years you know um, years and years and years he's been a programmer for a long time and just generally like brilliant in terms of game design and whatnot and tommy too he has been you know uh do he did ad agency stuff Uh, he worked at um pixel farm which is like a local like commercial house kind of thing uh at least at least my understanding of it is um locally in minneapolis we're, we're all from minneapolis and that's where i reside is minneapolis minnesota and um so yeah they they had experience and i could tell you know like when i got when i met them i was like yeah there's something special here like we kind of just vibe really well and we have like the same sense of humor and and that really was important and just kind of clicked um and it just went from there. I mean, it got bigger and bigger as time over uh, time went. You know, there were months where we didn't do anything. Months. And at first, I was just kind of like brought on as a contractor or, you know, uh, the old, uh, you'll get paid v- via, you know, whatever we sell yeah. <laughs> kind of thing, you know, <laughs> deal. And, you know, at the time I was like, yeah, I mean, I don't have any credits. I don't really have anything. So let's do it. Let's, uh, you know, it's not free when it's, or it's not like they're not paying me you know in a sense because uh, it was you know at the time i was really hungry for that dreaded word experience yeah which now i don't uh don't come to me asking for a gig without money <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm just kidding i mean i think that that's it it's like obviously there's i mean just in a lot of different industries there's almost that oh i have to do some stuff for free to get that experience yeah and, and then then it's kind of like the expected part for some people. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the element of working for free is actually really important early on. Um, you know, maybe when you are when you have another job at the same time, so you're not, oh man, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, for the longest time, I, I had several jobs, several, several jobs at the same time. Um, but I always tried to kind of inch them towards media and working in the industry i mean i i built a recording studio in 2015 that i managed for quite a while so like that was kind of my in the background thing while i was doing other stuff and um and you know still music and i was still able to record and i recorded and mixed actually a lot of joggernauts ost i mixed the whole thing at the studio that i built so there's a lot of cross sort of pollination and and doing a lot of live sound too (laughs) that was another way i survived so um yeah. So with um, yeah. <laughs> so with Space Mace is at the moment Juggernauts the only game that's kind of been fully released. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We had a publisher, um, Graffiti Games, um, that that helped us bring that to the world, and um, yeah, and then the pandemic kind of like <laughs> blew everything out of the. We we were doing some side gigs where we were doing like some some client work. Yeah. Right after Juggernauts. Um, we did uh, just a small project, a couple of uh, smaller projects, 
you know, the pandemic hit and then we had made a demo actually um, of a new game of a new IP that we were working on that we made the whole thing. I mean, we had been like playing with the idea of the, this particular game for a while. And then we had made a demo in, in February, right before the pandemic. So we made it in a month and we were really proud of it. We were really excited. We had our tickets to GDC. We were leaving the next week and then the pandemic was like, no, we're GDC's shut down and and then that was pretty much the we worked on it and pitched it and stuff but it just you know it needs time it needs money it needs um more people on the project and stuff so it's kind of on hiatus so you know all of us individually have been like learning so much at our all our other things and i find i I think that like when we kind of come back together you know and make something it'll be really special it'll be really really awesome that sounds cool. I mean, so Jug- Juggernauts itself, uh, people that don't know, is a co-op platformer kind of... Yeah. I want to say colour matching is maybe simplifies what it is a little bit, but you kind of have to swap between characters yep. and they can go through certain things. So in terms of in terms of from your perspective, when at what point did you kind of start writing the music for that? Would that just be at the base idea or kind of once the game is a bit more fleshed out with areas and levels you needed to write for i remember how that game originally started was i wrote the first song i ever wrote for that game was the song all we we made all the names after the fact so i never had names it was like (laughs) world one you know whatever um but like basically one of the first songs you hear in the game you know after the main theme and and it's like the first level basically after the tutorial that's like the first song i ever wrote for the game yeah. and i can't believe it kind of still resonated and and worked with it uh, after that time because we, we had worked on that game for four years yeah so two of those years were extremely part-time and then we did like a full year of business like events and pitch decks and all that stuff and then you know showing it out e3 and GDC and South by Southwest, all this, like, just all these places that we had um, gotten into to to show the game off. And then um, that last year was, you know, we got a publisher and had uh, just finished the game. You know, we had like eight months or something to to finish it and uh, ship it on the Switch and PC on Steam. Um, And so, like, those first moments, it was really influenced really a lot by tommy and him him just being like you know we want it to sound like really goofy like really just silly and weird but also you know i sense there was like a cool factor to it not like um like a cool factor in the sense of like cool like fun toys that you could play with or something and so i wanted it to have kind of this edge of of like a little bit of like i don't know for better uh like saturday morning cartoons or something you yeah. know like the newer ones not like 80s cartoons but <laughs> somewhere in the middle and so you know uh a lot of uh it was inspired by i don't know if anybody used to watch that show doug yeah on nickelodeon but i loved that show as a kid and the music is like incredible in that show um it's it's kind of a very influential uh sound to me at least um because it's just using, you know, a bunch of like vocal sounds and just kind of weird noises to make something kind of accessible and fun to listen to. And that's that's kind of what Joggernauts was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like a like an accessibly easy to take in 
OST and, and recognizable best of my ability. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that was kind of the whole thing was like, make it like Nintendo, um, make it sound like, you know, like Mario. Because, you know, Joggernauts was extremely based off of Mario. Yeah. The original Mario. And, um, you know, Zach's idea kind of was like Mario platforming, but you have to cooperate with your friends at the same time. So it's like, that's where that switching comes into place, you know. And like you were saying, color coding is maybe a little too simple, but it, it, it's also supposed to be a simple game. Yeah. But that the, the relationships in the room are what make it challenging. And there's only two buttons. There's just jump and swap, you know, swap places, switch places. And so, um, and whoever's in front is the one that can kind of get rid of that color that's that's blocking them. And so if, you know, purple goes to the front and it's a purple object and then red at the last second has no idea what's going on and presses switch button, you know, you'll have to start all the way over again kind of thing if you lose all your hearts. But yeah, so Joggernauts was just kind of like, what can we do to make this silly and fun and like replayable over and over again? And, um, you know, and it was one of my first games that was really released in a big way. And I was very, very intertwined in the business and all of it. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty big deal for me and us when it finally came out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's cool. I mean, like, I feel, I know, I think one of Space Mace's, like, your, um, the sort of like captions and snippets of like things is like doing more cooperative games. I think there's like mm-hmm. playing games together on the couch rather than on your own on the toilet, which made me feel very attacked. But <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay too. I, I, I totally uh, support that. Yeah. But, uh, as well. That kind of game playing. <laughs> but I think, I think um, just what you were saying about like co-op games being simple in principle, but it's the actual communication side with the person you're playing with that, what makes them difficult it's like yeah it's yeah. why i don't really play them because i end up falling out with people <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean uh the game always did really really well um in the conventions uh space you know like we always had a bunch of people playing it or wanting to play it and people coming back from the day before or whatever and like bringing different friends and you know it's like all you do is jump and you switch like you're it's an auto runner so like there's no there's not even any like direction you have to pull yourself or anything so people think that that's going to be easy and even like like gamer gamers like oh man i'm really into gaming and i'm like a professional gamer you know like even they would get tripped up on it just because it's like it's it's kind of like that feeling of patting your head and rubbing your belly at the same time. Yeah. Only you have to do that at the same time as talking to people and cooperating and moving places with them. That's kind of what it feels like a little bit. So yeah, it's, Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a game for everybody. Yeah. Who wants to, uh, who wants to, uh, you know, ruin their friends and families. It's what we get together to do to play games. Yeah. Don't, don't do it for a good time. We do it to hate each other by the end of it. Hate each other. So it's a, in terms of the way the music's like implemented in that from a technical sort of side, I guess and that's fairly linear um, in terms of like the songs playing from start yep. to finish just because of the nature of the levels, you know, you're traveling through yeah. at one speed. Um, I mean, you were you were responsible for all the, the sound effects and sound design yep. as well. In terms of that, because it's quite a... I can't really think of the way to describe it with the sound effects, but it's not 
natural sound sound effects if that makes sense it's obviously so in terms of that would you try and make those sounds like using real objects and record them or would be synthesized or so the way that i did the sound design in joggernauts a lot of like i actually used the um the gdc sonus bundle a bunch uh every year sonus uh, is a sound effects uh company yeah and they um I think they might even do more than that. I don't know. But each year uh, during GDC, they have a bundle of sound effects they give out for free. And, you know, I have back to like 2015, I think I have all of them or something like that. So I used a lot of those sound effects um, for like background stuff or like as layers to other things. But I actually use my 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 own voice a lot. Okay, cool. Um, as well. Um, to kind of give it that like personal um like one of a kind kind of sound for certain things like the the switching sound effect and like the hearts those are both my voice and that was intentional just because like those are the two those are two really big sort of things to pay attention to like your health and where you are so like those sound different than pretty much everything else in the game um on purpose and then uh you know there's not like a ton of like one thing i i I wish i would have done more of and this is just with experience learning it's just like more variation in uh more in the music like when you get to a certain area this happens or you know kind of more storytelling in the music maybe but i don't know like i i think that game turned out exactly how it was supposed to turn out and it's it's really great and um I'd say the thing I focused on the most with that game is the music, actually, Um, because I didn't know really anything about making sound effects at that time. (laughs) I just kind (laughs) of threw it together, you know, like, um, and now I feel pretty confident making sound effects and and really enjoy it. Um, But, you know, back then it was kind of like, oh, I guess I have to do this, too, so I can write music for games. (laughs) I think that's how a lot of people uh are in in the beginning because they don't really know how the sound design part really works or if they had an interest in music in games that's clearly the focus until you know more things happen and that's kind of the state of the industry a lot of the time too it's like you're you're either doing both or you're doing one kind of and there's real no like better way um except whatever's kind of giving you gigs yeah. <laughs> whatever kind of what's whatever's giving you gigs you know like <laughs> um that's kind of my philosophy at least um but the music in joggernauts is what i spent the most time on and uh it was kind of that like let's try to get that sort of nintendo-ish sound um let's kind of connect melodies and themes together that like say something about the the land you're in and that was mostly what i was kind of doing and there's there's only four themes in the whole game. Um, there's the main theme, there's world one theme, there's world two theme and world three theme. And they all, each theme is played through every song yeah. in that world. And it's like reharmonized or reworked or, you know, repurposed or messed around with. Um, and it, it all kind of connects to that world. And then each one has its own and, um, and kind of towards in world three that was the last world we had developed in that time period of that last year of development we made that all in that last year whereas the other two had been planned the whole time and that last year 
that last world sort of has a lot of the main theme actually in it as well. It's like a combination of the main theme and that sort of world theme. And there's a lot of it kind of intertwining inside of all of it. So that was one thing I was I was really proud of with that music. Um, I really enjoy enjoyed hearing that sort of that sort of like underlying theme in in all of it. And it, so that that was a lot of fun to like really make sure that works. And then you know we had planned for this like biome world where it was a combination of all the three all three worlds. Yeah. And I was gonna write all the music with like all three themes at the same time. And I ended up prototyping that idea with the um, the last track on the OST, which is the credits track. And that track has all the themes in it. And there's another one that got released on the B-Sides album that I did with a bunch of friends of mine who did remixes. And then there was a bunch of B-Sides, too. Tommy did incredible art for that, like realistic looking versions of the, the characters. It was, it was cool. But, um, you know, in that one we released the biome track that I was going to be working on for those biomes. And again, that was another one that's kind of got all the little elements of other things. And instrumentation was also a big thing too. It was like this world, you know, is highly woodwind based. This world is highly guitar based. This world is highly this based, but then still having these like other joggernauts, quote unquote sounds that sort of work with the music and, um, and using the theme a lot with like, trophies when when because when you're playing the game you know the thing you kind of collect as a collectible is, is trophies um you know you're a team of joggernauts you want you want those trophies so whenever you get the trophy it, it kind of has like a a chime that goes along with it and that's based on the main theme and so is like um yeah there's two kinds of trophies there's the glow glow torn glowing trophies i don't freaking remember what we called them <laughs> um there's two kinds and so they both had that theme and one was like a little bit more amped than the other one and so um yeah very thematic and that was that was really tommy who was like i really want it to be like very nintendo and very you know recognizable and thematic and stuff and and so that was kind of like my job to sort of figure out okay how do these games sort of work and and why do they have a theme you know, in general, what kind of theme is it? And, you know, I'd love I'd love to sit here and say it was super technical and I was writing out all these things, but really I just kind of like just played with it until it, it worked. And honestly, most of the time it was kind of just kind of came out and and I just kind of, it was the first thing I, I wrote and I was like, yeah, that's cool. Like, here we go. <laughs> so yeah, I could go on for a long time talking about genre. Up, so. <laughs> oh, it's cool. I mean, going back um, just when you mentioned about the like sound, sound design, sound effects side of it. Yeah. I'm assuming like, because it was such, you know, just the three of you that's kind of like, I have to do this really. No one else is going to do this bit of it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, with with that, you're talking about the biome world. Is that just on hiatus as well, or is that just something that's not going to happen now? You know, I don't know because we've talked about well, probably not in the way we thought it was going to be. You know, like development. That game came out five ish years ago, almost. It yeah. Came out in 2018. Um, and I'm bad at math, so I don't know how many years ago that was. Uh, like four or five almost five i think time it's been a time um we're also in the paradox of after pandemic and during pandemic still i don't know where we're at with all of it so yeah so time is confusing but anyway um what was the question i lost myself well uh, the bi- biome world is that just oh yeah that... that's probably 
Yeah, it's probably not going to happen. But, you know, we have talked about maybe doing an Xbox port um, and that having kind of at first being exclusive. I mean, this is this is so off the radar. I don't even know if it's like I don't even know if I'm supposed to talk about it. I don't remember. <laughs> if not, we can edit it out. <laughs> Be cool. But basically, like we want it, we the, the biggest thing we always got the com- a complaint about Joggernauts is that it was too hard too quickly. And we knew that because we were really good at the game and because we, you know, developed it and played it a lot to play test the, the, the feel. And we took it so many different places that, you know, a lot of people had had input on player feel and whatnot. So that took a we took a long time doing that. And we still it was still too hard at the end. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we, we always did talk about having like like almost like a hollow deck type thing on the ship um, in the game where, you know, it's training where you can like do some of the, the things without losing health or you know just take a quicker way to sort of learn how to play the game and um tutorialize it a little bit more because even to know it's a simple game there's a couple of things that you can there's a couple of skills in the game that you could you could learn and get pretty good at it like there's a double there's a secret double jump that um when you're playing single player it's really fun because you can use the momentum off of your last jump to get higher yeah um and so you can kind of take advantage of that double jump sort of momentum based switching and it's kind of a different mechanic um all around um than just you know like the sweep the switching and jumping kind of thing so um there's some there's definitely skill in that game that it's really fun to play a single player and there's only one freaking trophy i don't have and zach <laughs> if you're listening you're a jerk man <laughs> put that trophy in the couldn't even find it in unity it's trying to find it in the unity project that's how you that's how you really cheat folks go into the game engine and look for that stuff couldn't even find it there uh, i like that that's how how much you wanted to get it that you decided oh, to look at the source code <laughs> and, and yeah and he even told me he's like it's not you know you know where it's at like yeah well i can't get it so i think it's broken but other people have gotten it even though it's extremely difficult to find so yeah be playing it forever until you can finally get it yeah <laughs> i know it's in the tutorial if anybody's listening out there and, and knows what i'm talking about i'm pretty sure it's in the tutorial during a time that you're not supposed to be you know pressing buttons i think it's i think it's there but i'm not not positive it's interesting that you worked on it did all this play testing and still don't know where it is <laughs> i don't it's frustrating <laughs> Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll get there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so let me move away from Juggernauts uh, onto I think sure. the most well the most recent released game you worked on. I think um, Stray God. So you were you were doing sound design, sound effects on that. Yep. What sort yep. of um, what what sound design and effects were you doing on that game? Like what sort of elements of the game was it? Yeah. So that game. Let's talk about a completely opposite genre, completely <laughs> opposite. So that game is a narrative-based um, musical. The music is by Austin Wittery, um, who did a fantastic job. Um, and if you know his other work, you would you'd be like, oh yeah, I, I assume it's pretty yeah. good. Um, and so uh, he, he did the music, and I did a lot of those. It was me and another sound designer, um, but I did a lot of those. All of the scenes in between, the like story moments, the story beats, um, with kind of the billboard people that kind of like move, and um, that was where I was working mostly. Yeah. And like you know, I would do simple stuff like footsteps or door closes and opens, just kind of stuff to sort of give the listener uh, cues 
that like stuff was happening and um and then i edited all the dialogue and there was like five to seven thousand lines of dialogue recorded and uh so you know i went through every single piece of dialogue and would cut the like little tiny bits of this is really exciting stuff folks <laughs> i cut i cut the little bit of uh dead space before you know like the audio starts um so that basically when the game engine says you know play this it doesn't wait a second and then play it it just plays it right, right away so it's it was a very tedious very boring very long job but it was pretty important just because like you know like a story-based um, narrative game you don't want it to like have these weird sort of pauses or if your intention is to make it you still tell the story you want to make sure that you have the right cadence and all that stuff and so that was that was like my thinking the whole time I was like okay rob i know this is this is brutal you know just cutting all these little pieces off and you know i'd fix like plosives or like little things that i'd hear oh there's a weird sound in the background i take that out or whatever so yeah that was that was the majority of my my work and here Hearing all of the all of the the lines out of context was pretty interesting <laughs> too. A lot of times, so I, like I would try to like piece the game together with what I was hearing from different like characters, and it was it, I had a totally different perspective of the game than most people because it was just like I'd hear things very out of context, and it'd be like fifteen grace, you know, like grace somber grace or you know some so sounding things and then like five yippies or whatever you know it'd be like stuff like in categories it'd be like, okay well where does this connect and it's kind of like playing the game you know uh for the from from the user standpoint because that's kind of what they they're doing in a way of like they're they're kind of making choices and and like putting their own making up their own conclusions and whatnot and so that was that's kind of how i <laughs> i edited it yeah, edited it. Nice. That's a hard word to say. Edited it. Edited it. There you go. <laughs> you can use that yeah. one. I yeah. I don't, I'm not even going to try and say <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing with all that the audio, uh, the the voice recording and editing and stuff, you could have just pieced together your own completely different story based upon those. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Could have made my own epic. <laughs> In terms of, like the sound effects, with that was that kind of a. Uh, going back to obviously you were saying on juggernauts you yeah. weren't you weren't very okay with uh doing that side of things and you know more comfortable now we, we yeah, yeah. recording like live live recording doors closing footsteps and stuff or man honestly a lot of it was just library based it would be grabbing something out of like soundly or something in my own collection and then just plopping it in there and moving on to the next there was a lot of scenes to do and I was fairly part-time on the project, but um, still did a lot of those scenes. Probably my favorite scene was the Calliope, kind of in the beginning of the game. I'm not going to spoil it, but, you know, there's a, a big scene with Calliope and Grace, and that one I did. I did a lot of those early game ones, and so anything you're kind of hearing in the background is is me so if you have any complaints you know you can uh email me be like <laughs> that sounds that sound is wrong rob you freaking messed that one up <laughs> no i'm just kidding but i uh a lot of it's like fairly conventional it was like like i said like footsteps i think the like most complicated thing i did was like ice cubes in a cup you know it was it was very Foley based, very real world ish. Yeah. There were some whooshes that I had added in there as to indicate like a fast movement and stuff like that. And but it was it was f fairly straightforward. 
um, but a lot of fun to work on regardless. And uh, it's a great project. It's, it's a great game. I recommend it highly, mm. especially if you like narrative games and musicals. Based upon the reviews, lots of people echo those sentiments and really enjoyed it. <laughs> That's great. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. In terms of like, I'm guessing the stuff of like Mayspace, where it's a very small team of three of you, and then working on Stray Gods, which I'm assuming is a much bigger team. Was there any sort of like, did you kind of work a little bit outside of the main sort of core of that, just because of the nature of what you were doing? Or yeah, well, they're Australia based too. They're so their their whole their whole studios in Australia, and so and I'm in Minneapolis, so like we had a big time difference yeah. first of all, and so like you know I would usually work you know morning or after noon my time so it was a little disconnected from the team but anytime i had questions or whatever you know they were totally totally there for me and whatnot and but yeah it was it was totally it was if you were to tell ask me the same questions uh as someone else on the team you know we probably have very different perspectives <laughs> of the project because you know like they they're just like with each other in the same rooms a lot of the time but you know it was still great you know they'd, they'd give me feedback or whatever and we would change it and that's kind of how it just was it was it was pretty straightforward it was a great project yeah sounds cool um moving on to a game that i believe is in early access uh Oliup, which is a dog skateboarding game which oh yeah is the best premise for a game i've heard recently <laughs> um i mean i get i get in terms of like the music on this i feel it's similar sort of area as like juggernauts a sort of like yeah happy definitely. happy thematic kind of bouncy mm-hmm. sort of thing so where where's um what sort of what sort of state is the game in in terms of like full release Ooh, that's a tough one that's kind of like the juggernauts you know like the indie journey kind of thing where yeah. you're it's it's three people and you know we're kind of just we all have to have jobs as well and it's kind of a passion project but there are plans to make more worlds to make things more stable. I know that Alex, the um, kind of brainchild, Alex Carlson, he um, he's in transit, like we're, we're kind of all in transition in terms of employment. So it's it's a little like, when we get the money again, we'll, we'll start making it more. And it's not like it's not in development, it's more just like, it's a long-term thing. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of games in the indie world are, but um, it's in a playable state. You can play it on Steam now. It's in early access, like uh, like Anthony had said. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, I think four, worlds right now three three or four worlds um there's a you know just like back room backyard typical you know what you would think a dog would would uh, be <laughs> around and then there then there's my uh my brainchild which is the the cowboy level which makes no sense like how are you gonna how are you gonna put a skateboard in sand i don't know but it works and it's hilarious and fun and it's a video game so uh it's it's pretty funny um and then there is like there's like a knee like a neat oh my gosh it's it's a specific type of it's like new wave or like retro wave or something like a oh like the neon kind of oh oh what's it called like vapor wavy almost vapor wave that's the one (laughs) that that level was hugely inspired on that just vapor wave sort of yeah the that sort of genre of of things and then um I don't remember if there's another one, but anyway, that that game is really interesting because it's it's mostly just like play around, skateboard, mess with things, and you know move on to the next level kind of thing. It's it's like uh, free roam 
cute little free roam journey. So that that game for me was like, okay, well, like let's make everything fun and play with. Like everything should make a sound. Everything should you know be fun and appropriate to like the the setting that the dog is in. And so um, you know, spent a lot of time just with like working with Alex and saying, okay, let's let's throw more at the wall here. Let's let's put more goofy things in there. Let's let's put more fun sounds. You know, like the uh, and that was also the first time I was like post Joggernauts. And I was like, okay, like, what are things that I thought I could have done more in Joggernauts? And one of those things was, like, adaptive music and, you know, more, um, mostly the adaptive music part. Because Joggernauts is a 2D game and, and Aliyup is 3D. 3d so inherently it's it's gonna be different yeah. just with like 3d audio and so um our 3d audio stereo <laughs> or surround but we're not mixing it in surround and so that game was more about like how to make a cute fun game and also keep it thematic per world that was still a very important thing for me um so you know there was there's always like a song an intro song that kind of like shows you the world like um and then the intro song then goes into the into the musical number that's part of the world and then there's a few other pieces of music per level based on mini games and that's kind of how that works and but every world has its own sort of like mini game sound there's a saloon and you know that's all like and and different places in that in that world that you can go like the saloon in the the cowboy cowboy world the cow dog world um uh where you can go in there and you can actually play the piano and it's got like a saloon music and so i tried to like kind of continue that like nintendo feeling vibe which I, i i i love nintendo games so yeah I mean, I know when I was listening to the the bit of the soundtrack that you've got on your band camp at the minute, the yeah, cow that's the really cow dog old. world. <laughs> I don't even think that's the song anymore, but it's, oh, okay. it's still good. Oh, I was going to say it's like got the um, oh, I can never remember the name of it, but the uh, that sort of instrument like is it a lap steel don't think it's a lap steel um, but it's, it's it's like really synonymous with sort of like westerns and stuff like that like yeah like the very relaxed like looking out on a ranch of cows and it's the whoa whoa kind of thing yeah it's like yes love that that one was i think i think like at mid pandemic you know i had like we had decided to kind of do more development because it was just like what else are we gonna do and or at least on the sound part i did a lot during the pandemic um especially with like just like rewriting a lot of it and expanding on it and i think most of the songs are are much longer now and they have more variation and there's like underwater versions of of the songs and stuff and i'm trying just trying to make it as as fun here as it is to just sort of look around and play you know i wrote i wrote so many songs for that game there's gonna i'm probably gonna release music in like separate eps per dog world you know like there might be three or four songs on that ep but they'd all be the different versions or whatever for that for each world and um because then i wrote like there's different versions for you know like the the mini map or like the we use a tv to kind of pick the levels the whole story is that you're ollie oop ollie the dog he is sleeping on the couch and he's having all these adventures on a skateboard in his in based on what he's seen on tv kind of thing it's like a very subtle hint that that's the story quote unquote so yeah and then you know there's a bunch of songs that i wrote for the game that like didn't quite fit in so they're they have vinyl uh records that are hidden around everywhere so you could like pick them up and then listen to the listen to them in the record player in the living room yeah 
like little collectibles. Yep, yep. It's a, <laughs> it's a cute, clever little fun game. So, yeah. but I wrote it's, a lot of music for it, and I'm kind of overwhelmed by how much music I wrote for it, and um, not really looking forward to that whole uh, figuring out how to get it out to the the masses because there's just so much music and there's so much to do with it, and a lot of like mixing and replaying parts, and you know, <laughs> we'll see how. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of work. I, I love the music in that game. I think it turned out really good. And, you know, when me and Alex first started, he pitched it to me. We, you know, it was kind of like Animal Crossing was really big at the time. The the New Horizon on the Switch. And, you know, Alex was already a big, cozy, cozy, wholesome game fan. And But that was kind of like one of the, like, original things is, like, Animal Crossing a little bit. You know, we were, we talked about doing, like, Tony Hawk-style music and stuff. And it just, like, it didn't fit with, <laughs> it didn't fit with uh, the vibe that we were going for. Because, you know, it's not, like, about doing tricks. It's more just about having fun and messing around and talking to the other dogs. And, yeah, it's, it's a cute little game. I think if you had pop punk and, like, heavy <laughs> rock and stuff, it might change the... It probably wouldn't go down the cozy, wholesome vibe. I could do the, like, wholesome vibe version of that or something. Like, I could, like, bluey style it or something, you know? Like, make it, like, a fun little... <laughs> not as not as hard, hardcore, but... I don't know. I like doing that, though. I like That's making so- songs into something else, but they're supposed to... That are supposed to be much harder, making them sound a lot lighter. <laughs> and like more accessible it sounds fun i like I, I more go the other way in my brain of making very relaxed songs and chilled songs into like very heavy metal and stuff in my <laughs> only in my head though i don't think i've ever ever had the goal to kind of actually make it happen but it's just like lots of i feel it's just lots of screaming inside my head which <laughs> probably should see someone about <laughs> maybe it's good maybe you need the screams yeah, it, it's fine. You know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I step stepping away from like specific games in terms of like a a general process. I mean, you mentioned the you sort of growing up or when you were in uh, school and college, you were in a band. What instrument mm-hmm. did you play, or was it multi instruments? In the band, I played guitar um, and I did vocals and like produced it all and recorded it all and edited it all and pretty much everything and i'd just kind of direct you know drummer and bass player and stuff like this is what i'm thinking it was it was definitely more of an experimental pop rock band yeah um yeah and in terms of like when you come to approach like a track for say you were writing the the cow dog theme or level theme would you would you start off like on guitar with that or did it depend on the sort of if it lends itself to guitar or yeah i mean a lot of my process usually for for music at least it goes to like you know asking clients what do you what is your vision for this like what what do you want it to do what do you want it to say why are we making this piece of music like asking a lot of questions um that you would you know ask uh just like kind of we're we're getting to know the song that we're about to create you know kind of thing and um you know once i get some some uh examples of like what they're thinking then i can kind of start piecing together oh okay like these are this is really melodic or this is really ambient or this is really whatever and then um deciding with them which route do we want to take you know this one has this and this and this i mean this can kind of backfire a little bit like especially with clients that you know not that they're not musically like they they hear music really well but they don't know how to explain it which is totally fine i mean that's not that's not i don't expect them to do that and the ones that can are pretty awesome but even if you can't really explain it it's still just like really helpful to 
get like some kind of emotion a word or something like a length desired stuff like that like kind of like goals um i do sync music too and sync music you know for like film and tv and a lot of that work is is really to spec it's like we really needed to do this and this and this and i think that video game audio would probably benefit a lot from that kind of structure a little bit yeah it's it's really helpful to tell me exactly what you know you need for certain spots and then we can tailor it based on the like the aesthetic of the game or whatever the the thing is and so i I usually try to start with making something really fast like spending an hour on like okay this cow dog song this for cowboy alley-oop it's like okay well what are the first three things i can think of well acoustic guitar you know like subtle drums maybe or like a like dad rock maybe even or something you know like it depends on the the genre and how serious it takes itself kind of thing and then just kind of playing with stuff kind of getting a a palette if you will like a paintbrush almost for like a painter like trying to get the sounds that i think will work together uh, the the virtual instruments or even like the samples i grab for my hard drive or online or whatever and kind of just uh going from there and then showing it to the developer and you know seeing what they think and kind of trying to just really work together at making something because i i really like that process of of going back and forth and making sure you know we we like what we're hearing and because i do it anyway even if they didn't want to do it i do it anyway yeah so <laughs> it's just kind of <laughs> it's it's all reiter it's all iteration it's all kind of listening back and trying some other things making it longer making it you know punchier making it not as busy making it less muddy you know like stuff like that it and 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 taking some time away from it you know writing something and then coming back to it a week later and saying is this still sort of representing what i'm trying to say here in the game because it's it's really all based off of the player's experience and like how how the game is gonna use this song and i think when i was working on joggernauts before that it was kind of like well how can i make a song that will fit into this game now it's more like how do i make a how does this game or like what song needs to fit into this game to tell the story of the game you know there's a little bit of a different uh perspective now you know than when i first started that's cool i mean i'm guessing as well like with with games like um ollie Oop and stuff where it's an open world as opposed to juggernauts where you're going to go through that level in a set amount of time if you right. don't die like ollie Oop, you gotta think about how long you're going to be in the area for and that sort of thing so i'm guessing have you ever done like any reiterations of tracks after you've done like play testing just thinking oh, oh we're going to be here a lot longer <laughs> yes all the time that's why i redid all the music for ollie Oop. yeah and i also i also mixed that game with an like kind of an accessibility sort of um and just like ear fatigue i don't think a lot of people think about that fatigue when you're playing a, a game just like eye fatigue or any kind of fatigue you know it's going to kind of take away from the experience like even the skateboard in that game you know i get that it's a really important part of the experience but we probably don't need it full volume all the time about five takes about five seconds if you're just if you're just going for more than that it starts to lower in volume as time goes on just to kind of give you a break uh from that repetitive sort of sound so stuff like that is more considered than in Joggernauts where it's just like, you know, it's a linear sort of adventure that can keep happening over and over again. But it's you die, it starts over and the music doesn't change or anything. You know, it's just kind of 
going. But every single level, and there's like 30 plus, I think, 30, 32. Every level has a new song, a new variation on the theme of that level. So hopefully the variety kind of comes in. That was at least the idea was to, you know, make variations in the different levels rather than the different or the level itself. Yeah. And those those uh, those levels are only supposed to take a minute. And that's not how long it takes most people. So <laughs> the original design was like, okay, well, they're only going they only should be here for a minute, so we don't really need music longer than that. And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, there was some tracks in that game that I did expand on because it was just like, I think people are gonna be here for a while and uh, need a little bit more variation. But that was something again, early game. Definitely think I could have gone more. Uh, deeper into some of those things but yeah that was the vision we had at the time and we went with it yeah cool especially like a game like juggernauts where it's like it should take a minute to get from start to end of the level but if you die countless times there's nothing more infuriating than having like i've heard this music now 20 times yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah i can imagine it's like it's fine if like you know you only got to hear it once or twice but when it's like especially like i imagine like the later levels where it gets more difficult it's like okay yeah. it's definitely well and that's why you that's why you know you can exit the level and go to a different one or whatever and yeah. then it's a totally basically a totally different piece of music um with the same sort of stylings of the other ones in that in that world so I don't know. I didn't get really too many complaints about it or any complaints about it at all. But I just, I think about it a lot. Like, oh, <laughs> man, I just wish that the music could just do more. And at the time, I just didn't really know how or why. And Tommy and Zach weren't really like pushing me to, to figure that out. So it was just kind of like, okay, well, everybody seems happy. So yeah, if people are happy, then that's your, your job done. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we were running out of time and, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't sit there and keep reiterating um but i i i think that soundtrack turned out amazing i i really enjoy it i listen to it occasionally and i'm still pretty happy with it so i mean that's cool like especially if you've probably heard it a lot more than oh anyone else <laughs> i've heard it so many times yeah <laughs> and if you're you're still happy with it then yeah yeah I'm exactly sure, i'm sure everyone else that's probably not heard it countless times i hope it inspires people to play the game or just you know to like listen to the music and have a good time listening to it yeah it definitely will i mean i need to i think i'm just about ready to play another co-op game with my partner so i think we'll <laughs> get it downloaded and i'll let you know if we're still that's friends great. in a in a few <laughs> weeks time it's <laughs> great so we'll, we'll move on to the the section of the podcast i call quick fire questions so it's just a series of yeah. questions where i ask you your favorite something and just so we get to know a little bit more about yourself and what influences and inspires you and just generally what you like in games as well so sure we'll we'll start off with your favorite video game of all time i'm probably gonna have to just go with what i what i always say and that is probably final fantasy 7 nice just because man it was just such a it's such an important game for me and it kind of has been uh anytime it gets talked about even though they're i don't know where they're at with seven i feel like they're kind of just trying to milk it a lot but <laughs> i really enjoyed the remake a lot i thought the remake was an incredible experience there were parts where i was like why it's filler this is some this is some filler right here just absolutely love the the characters and the, the sound and the music and all the things um in the final fantasy universe really but that one particular was was a 
that one and nine 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 and seven are kind of both on that same level for me yeah i really enjoy really enjoy those games i mean i'm yet to play the re remake of final fantasy 7 mm-hmm. and i was originally planning i think i've mentioned this several times now on this podcast but i was going to wait until the whole thing was out and it's like well that's probably going to be about 10 years time Oof. now yeah it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be some time i mean they both the the, the first it as someone who played the, the the full game like it plays like it's a singular game so yeah. it's I, I think it's it's a great game i loved it i i loved the battle system i thought it I thought it like did really well it was really good at like playing with the old and the new and it's kind of like what i always imagined a final fantasy would evolve into and when yeah. i was a kid you know what i really wanted all the time I, I always wanted this dual system of like i would love to be able to do the turn-based stuff when i wanted to and then i would love to be able to switch over and do battle like like kingdom hearts style or something yeah. like or some missions were like that, some weren't. Just that variety and in the battle system could really make a long game like that really kind of open up and change at the end. And that that's really that's something that I've like really started to appreciate the more I play games uh, as I get older. Definitely. I mean, I am. Um how i worded it but it's like there's people and i mean like i I feel kind of you you experience like final fantasy 7 8 and 9 at the same sort of time growing up and they kind of became and i just remember playing i'm going oh i like it but the turn-based battle is kind of a bit uh, i'm not sure how i feel about it now i'm older and it's like why have they gone to real time i prefer the turn-based one i yeah i i loved it right away because i i i mean i think probably even before that my first my one of my favorite first experience with games was pokemon and on yeah. the game boy and stuff and that was all turn-based so it, it wasn't weird for me or i liked it you know i liked that there you could see these like 3d characters and they all had really interesting dialogue and were fun to level up and i just love that like leveling up and growth and experience whole sort of system yeah in general as a as a game sort of gimmick or whatever I feel like that's it. It's like Final Fantasy tried to change it, whereas Pokemon's just like, this works. We're keeping this exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like 20 years on, or however far we are now from the, the first. It's even more than that, isn't it? Oh. That's probably been more than that. Yeah, probably. Because I think Pokemon came out in 95, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. I don't remember. But <laughs> I had I had red and I had blue version. That was my first one, and uh, I still have the cartridge from my childhood that has all 151 Pokemon in the the Pokedex. So nice. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I I I feel my mind got my parents gave mine away but it was so well used that like the bit of the cartridge that stuck out the top of the game boy was some bleach but the rest of it wasn't (laughs) (laughs) it's just like lovely it's like that's how long it stayed in the game boy for but yeah i i i I had red so that's that was uh, that was my starting point but yeah um so we'll move on to the next of the quick fire questions which is your favorite band and or composer and or musician my favorite band is radiohead nice yep hands down um just in terms of production in terms of of uh songwriting in terms of style like yeah radiohead takes the takes it for me it's just they're an extremely influential band for me yeah going a bit bit further into that rabbit hole of do you have a favorite radiohead album oh man um that's really hard 
because I think I mean I think my I think I'm gonna have to say Kid A is my favorite just because yeah. that's that's where my ah uh, but it's really hard because I I think the first album I heard from Radiohead was actually Hail to the Thief and and um, Hail to the Thief is extremely good um, like riff based album there's so many good riffs and just great songwriting but I know that the band is like a little iffy on that one like they're it's not yeah. their favorite record they ever wrote it's also their longest record i think um so it has a definite different feel than all the other ones but i just remember hearing those those songs when i was a kid and being like this this is di- this is something completely different than i've ever heard and it was it was so different that it was like an obsession kind of thing and so um you know i every radiohead album has a very different sound it's all extremely different um and they're all extremely good (laughs) there yeah there's no there's no bad radiohead song or bad radiohead album um just different sounding you know like one might be grungy one might be you know very weird and vibey and other ones really rock based and other ones really you know and so they just have that sound of constant reinvent uh like they're constantly reinventing themselves so i really appreciate that because music can i don't know there it can wear on you for sure um especially people who are like really affected by music i think it can really wear on you um and i feel like the band members themselves probably feel that way in a way and they're constantly just trying to find something new and unique and I, that's what I've always appreciated about them. And they're just like their talents and styles of playing. And it's just so cool to me. Yeah. I do think there's that side of it where it kind of wanting to make something like, especially when you're doing albums and that sort of thing. It's like, surely you want to do something different. Like it's yeah. when you, when you listen to bands and it's like, they've got five albums, but they're all basically the same they've got different lyrics yeah. and like different right, riffs right. but it's still fundamentally the same thing. it's just like and you've got Radiohead that have got like you know albums that have got very electronic bits on they've got mm-hmm. very grungy guitar riffs on some of them and it's just like oh this is all over the place and it's but somehow it's still you listen to it and maybe that's Tom York's voice but like you listen to it yeah. again oh yeah that's Radiohead <laughs> yeah he's got a haunting voice and it, it it's it's almost like um like R.E.M. you know like mm. REM has that like very sort of clean cut sound, but then the the voice is so ethereal and strange, but also still extremely approachable. That like it, and same with like Gorillas, you know, like yeah. I mean, that's another band that is highly influential is the Gorillas. You know, I, I pretty much all those UK pop Brit pop is is pretty influential, like. You know, Coldplay also is an extremely big part of my my upbringing, and um, there, you know, like everybody always kind of like made fun of me for liking Radiohead and Coldplay, but they're like the they're like the same coin flipped over on a lot of terms. I mean, they're very different now. Like Coldplay went straight like top forty, and um, I actually really like their top forty stuff in comparison to what I thought. You know, at the time when I was younger. I was really frustrated when they went, you know, super pop. Yeah. But now I'm just like, I don't, I don't care at all. <laughs> and it's pretty, <laughs> it's, it's cool stuff. And I just love Chris Martin's voice. And, but then there's Radiohead who 
they just kind of went their own direction. They didn't care about really the like like growing in popularity, even though they did because they they did something unique. And I like both a lot. So those like those three bands kind of encapsulate a lot of how I think about music, <laughs> or at least what I'm what I'm trying to trying to achieve. And then there's even like even let's go even further back like i really have a lot of classical orchestral background of like stuff that i love and because i started you know playing violin in in school uh young uh like sixth grade that's kind of like where i started yeah and so a lot of orchestral music is is very near and dear to me as well so yeah i don't know a lot of things everything it's hard it's hard to say but I, I find myself actually not even listening to music so much as I'd like to listen to everything. Like I like to listen to sitting in a quiet room and a fan going and all the little nuances that the fan makes uh, with the, you know, it's just like, I, I find, I find interesting sounds in everything these days, yeah. you know? <laughs> and I, I actually, I actually don't really listen to music a lot in the car or driving or anything. I, I tend to just listen to what's happening outside. And um, I think that's like the sound designer in me kind of, that's just like, how does this work? How does sound, you know, work in an enclosed space or how does sound work in this? So that's kind of just me evolving. I, I have the opposite problem. I have to listen to music in the car, not for any reason other than just to drown out the noises my car's making yeah. when it sounds like it's breaking. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not breaking if I can't See, hear it. I would it. record that. I would, I would like rig a recorder to capture that while I was driving and so that the recorder wouldn't fall off my car. But that that's that's what I would probably do to use later. You know, you're really into the sound designing thing where you first thought of when you hear something is like how am i going to mic that up and record it yeah 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 <laughs> i think about that constantly i mean my brain's now thinking like if i recorded a moving car like from the car then it's going to get the wind noise so how do i isolate that and yeah yeah it that... gets pretty technical pretty quick when you're going in the sound design world i i've really found a love for it um especially recently after working um on some games that that aren't gonna come out but like uh i was working with i was working on a game with tiny build and that one was like it was just goofy sounds just a ton of goofy stuff and it was just so much fun to just buy a bunch of random junk that's like my new <laughs> favorite thing to do is buying random junk um and making something out of it you know like i'll anything i see now i'll see a can on the street and be like oh probably could use that <laughs> everything now seems like it could be used for sound design and you know i get just like I, when i go me and my my wife rachel will go thrift shopping and and i'm just sitting you know in the like random stuffs department and i'll just be playing with things opening them closing them you know flipping switches and whatever and she you know she's looking at clothes or whatever and you know she'll she'll buy five or six things of clothes and i'll buy like a a flipper um i'll buy a meat grinder um a, a metal you know a metal rod and a fishing pole not with no you know with no uh reel on it that that's what i would be up to buying i i can imagine the the looks you get when you turn up to like the cashier with that collection of things <laughs> it's like junk and her clothes you know yeah and and actually in that project i was actually really excited 
about that tiny build project because I was experimenting with um, recording found objects and using those found objects as, as instruments. And that was going to be the whole soundtrack was was just random sounds that I, I made. And it was it was it was turning out really good too. I was really excited about it. I had like made this like 15 minute crazy weird just no real form kind of music but it was it was very like situational based you know like oh this this would be hilarious this would this song would work really well when someone is flying in the air and and falling and hitting the ground really hard and then having to get back up and i don't know like it just it was very situational based and was sort of like supposed to be background noise and brown like broad sort of stroke noise but when you start listening to it you're like what is this weird (laughs) like sounds so so weird it's so so goofy and strange but cool in a way will any of any of the stuff from that be like maybe putting it anywhere or you're not sure if you're allowed to or i don't know yeah i'm not sure exactly i probably could put it on my reel i think i'm allowed to do that um, or on my my bandcamp, but I think it needs a little bit of work before I could I could do that. But I'd really like to release that because it yeah it was a lot of fun and there's some really cool ideas that I, I had in there that I think like one of them one of the ideas was I didn't want to have any instruments like I wanted to use I wanted to use brass or like woodwinds and stuff, but I didn't want to use brass and woodwinds. So I ended up using like a plastic horn and just trumpeting out the notes myself. And then would like layer it and and then it would like sound like a weird brass uh section with these yeah. fake trumpets <laughs> made from a plastic you know tube it was like how can i make trash sound like gold you know that was the kind of the idea and um that was a lot of fun. it was a lot of fun i really want to experiment with that in another game for sure that sounds cool i mean i, I mean i'm guessing you've got like just I'd say a draw, but I feel you've probably got more now, just like a random section of odd things you've picked up just for sound and... Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man, I could... Oh, man, yeah, I've got lots <laughs> of weird stuff. My favorite thing, which I was joking about earlier, is my the flippers. My The flippers I, I got from the thrift store. Let me, just, just give me a second. Just give me a second. Okay. I'll, I'll show you what I'm talking about. Yes. Oh, I dare. I, I thought, like... When you said flipper, I thought you were thinking like a no, like a, like a burger flipper or something like that. Like no, li- like flippers, flippers that you use in the ocean oh. or water, and they just have the best squeaks. Ugh. It's the best squeaks ever. Am I right? Like. Uh, that's- <laughs> yeah you can use those at home folks yeah i really like the sound like they have a really satisfying slapping sound when you walk in them as well oh yeah let's see what else i got in here Ooh, this is one i used oh sponge right makes a great kick drum nice yeah i could i got tons of crap (laughs) so much but yeah so yeah i I collect a lot of random junk make stuff out of it i can't wait to replace my drummer friend with a sponge now yes a whole sponge kit yeah i feel it's got the level of emotional intelligence as my friend but i feel that's very mean and if he listens to this i apologize chris (laughs) (laughs) no i i was actually 
not kidding that sponge i really did use as kick drum oh yeah in, in the music that i was talking about and it worked really well i mean you got to do some carving eq carving and you got to do some you know like adding some effects to it but it'll it sounds awesome like surprisingly awesome it's a very different sound and if you like layer something a little bit more clicky or something just like to add a little bit more the transient you've got a real solid kick drum <laughs> so i just like the fact that i've probably spent an obscene amount of money on drum drum machines in my lifetime and it's like probably should just bought a sponge <laughs> yeah you can you can buy a sponge and just make a kick drum out of that yeah sorted <laughs> um so we'll continue on with the quick fire questions <laughs> yeah i know so, i i can be long-winded that's <laughs> fine i just like the fact they're called quick fire but they never are <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so you your favorite game soundtrack i really love the mario mario kart 8 soundtrack nice it is so good there is a lot of really good game soundtracks out there though it's really hard i mean i could have easily said final fantasy any final fantasy that nabuo or metsu i say his name right um i don't know okay i, ju- I just i just say the set like pronounce it hoping it's right and no one's correcting yeah. me so far yeah. So yeah, <laughs> but the music he writes for the games, it's it's not it's not really on any level that I can really explain. <laughs> so he's like he's like the Radiohead of video games for me. That's that's like how I feel about about Rometsu, You know, like yeah. I I have very fond memories of of listening to that music and of 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 hearing it in the games and outside of the games all this stuff yeah but um i really do like that mario kart 8 soundtrack it's so good it's it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of uh yeah it's just really it's a very really fun game but i mean what i've been it's it's hard because like i feel like what i've been playing lately you know every time i hear a new soundtrack i'm like oh this one's pretty good too you know this one's really good and me and my wife have been obsessed with Fire Emblem. We've been playing like all the Fire Emblem games. Oh, nice! Um, and she's playing Three Houses right now, and I'm playing Engage. But I'm also playing the one on the phone as well, which is like kind of a joke, but it's also really fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I had finished the first because, like, when the, they put Fire Emblem on the on Nintendo on the store uh, on the emulator, that's when I was like. Oh, I want to play Fire Emblem the first one, and I played the, I think it was a Game Boy Advance remaster or something, and I played that, and then I just couldn't stop playing Fire Emblem games. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's like we're like three months now, and um, yeah. So, and I've been playing Starfall or Starfield a lot too, and that has really great music, um, just different, but fairly thematic at certain points, and then pretty pretty good ambience too. I mean. It's going to be like everything I could say is really cliche, you know, love Star Wars, love the dread, like love John Williams. Yeah. You know, um, so any any score from Star Wars is pretty much perfect. Um, so scores, oh man, it's just hard. I really love Persona, the series Persona. Yeah. Um, the third one is what I, that was the one I got into when I first played. That was when it came out on the PS2 when I, when I had a PS2. And that one has really great music as well really fun 
like J-pop stuff that kind of devolves into a lot of different genres. Let me think what else. It's kind of all over the place. I, I when I hear something I like, I, it just kind of starts influencing me. I guess like it's strange because like not not a lot of like it's not always a full song that I get really into. It's sometimes like five seconds of it, you know, yeah. that'll be really inspiring or you know like the whole album itself is inspiring but not any particular song is my favorite it's like the whole culmination of the whole thing so it can really depend but yeah that's my answer my vague <laughs> not descript or i guess very descript answer i i feel it's like i i do feel bad for asking these questions because i know how hard it is to narrow it down to <sighs> one yeah but I also understand the reason why you ask them. Yeah. Because, you know, that's the whole reason why we're here. <laughs> you know, it's like all the stuff that we've listened to in the past that kind of brought us to where we are now in our understanding of music and, and like what sort of themes are approval for our personalities or something like that. <laughs> it's just, just what you like. <laughs> I, I, I feel like nowadays it's like, you know, I feel like I used to be a snooty little music kid, but now I, I, I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me so much now. It's it's more just whatever sounds good and whatever like fits the mood of whatever I'm I'm watching or, or viewing or like 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 old like Rob in the past or Rob not or yeah Rob in the past would hate me for being like yeah I'd listen to a Taylor Swift album and and uh you know now i'm just like well what's the problem like there's some really awesome production on there and some of the songs are really good you know like what's what are you, what are you hating on rob from the past yeah. <laughs> i mean i'm the same i used to have that like oh no i can't like this because it's popular and i was like yeah. no it slaps what? it's full of bangers. i don't understand where that came from like why why is that like a lot of musicians are we just like oh we've listened to you know real music so now we can <laughs> This crap they put on the radio don't don't even don't even it's not even worth my time you know like where where did that come from I feel like a lot of us do that at some point in our careers yeah I I feel like P it's there's the level of it where it's like just a maturity thing of like growing up as well yeah. you like to think you you've got these special really cool <laughs> hyper hyper like <laughs> alternative opinions and like you <laughs> defend them like I have to be like this person that likes bands that no one else has ever heard of yeah and then you grow up and it's like it doesn't matter no <laughs> <laughs> and you still love music just as much exactly you're still, you're still just as valid as a as a as a consumer of music whether you like you know 50s music or if you like eminem only you know you still love music it's it's great you know it's I'm glad thank you for all the varieties of music out there it's like we can just appreciate the people like different things and call that a day and not feel the need to be yeah I was going to say be violent about it. I don't think anyone's been that violent about it, but also some of the stuff people get violent about is hilarious. But that's the whole of a podcast. <laughs> the next world war will be between those who love the Beatles and don't. Let's do this. Swifties versus the Beatles. Yeah, Swifties versus the Beatles, yeah. Uh, well, all hail our new overlord Taylor Swift is what I'm saying. <laughs> 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 the fi final of the quick fire questions after yeah. that very huge diversion of the yeah. Beatles versus Taylor Swift World War 3 <laughs> I feel I feel like we probably shouldn't be joking about World War 3 at the minute but probably not but uh, you know we're here uh, I blame 
John Lennon. Um, yeah, yeah, John Lennon's horse's fault. He can't defend himself, so that's who I'm blaming. <laughs> but the final of the quickfire questions, your your favourite individual song or track from a game soundtrack? I really like the uh, the battle theme for Final Fantasy thirteen. I think that that's just like a song that just popped in my head. But that OST also, you know, Urmetsu wasn't really involved in that one. Yeah. But uh, it is an incredible soundtrack. That 13 has an incredible soundtrack. I've listened to that one a lot of times and really enjoyed it. It's not like that traditional Final Fantasy sound, but it also kind of is at the same time. I don't know. Like, I don't remember his, I don't remember his name. It's like Mari... I don't remember his name. I'm going to get it completely wrong, so I'm not going to even say it. I know that they worked together on Final Fantasy X as well, and I think yeah. that he's also done... I know it's, I'm just being vague because I can't pronounce names, but I know that they've worked together on other Final Fantasy games, and this was kind of his first sort of solo OST, and it's just... It's so good because a lot of it's, like, actual recorded, like, you know, strings and with, like electronic stuff kind of put over it and i don't know it's just a really cool sound that is unique uh to that game and you know say what you will about the game but that ost is incredible and then the final fantasy 7 remake ost is holy hell good like take it to the next level you know like i didn't even think they could make that music that much better (laughs) but it is so good it's just more modern and more epic you know yeah it's kind of the soundtrack that you thought it sounded like when you were a kid in your head you know you're kind of imagining all these bigger things coming from it because it's already really epic in your head because you've never seen anything like it but or heard anything like it i should say i can just remember with uh final fantasy 7 like when i listen back to that original soundtrack it's like i thought it was like just just because compared to everything a lot of other stuff at the time it sounded like it was like fully orchestrated and this it's like oh it's oh yeah it's like this this huge thing and now it's like ah oh, it's still amazing but it's not like now we've got games that have got like you know huge properly recorded properly recorded, oh yeah sounds really mean orchestrated stuff but then you listen to the remake soundtrack and it's like oh this is yeah it's what you're saying it's what you thought six-year-old me or however old i was when i yeah. played final fantasy 7 thought this sounded it's just amazing they went they went to a whole other level on that soundtrack they like they must have just had so much fun remaking that because it's just so freaking epic every song it just like it's and it's long it's a long (laughs) ost it is a very long ost and lots of variety and takes takes your favorite moments and then just takes takes them to kind of the next level a lot of the time and oh it's so good I just get goosebumps whenever I listen to like the first 20 minutes of it because it's all mm. those like slamming tracks that start the game, you know, and you're because you're I don't think anybody out there has not played at least the beginning of Final Fantasy seven. But if you haven't, it's an epic start. <laughs> you know, it's like you're you're kind of like in the fight right away and the music in the OST reflects that. So it's just it's a it's it's a heart heart pumping right away. So it's, it's fun. It's just like I can have very uh vivid memory of the uh so obviously you do the bit where it pans around midgar and then oh, zooms yeah. into the train it's just like it's like that's like burnt into my memory for all eternity yeah from there on in the ost it's just an epic journey of of music like they're they take i think they take the original battle song 
the original like uh, boss theme and it, they turn it into this like eight minute epic because that battle is most of the battles are are drawn out and i'm sorry if i'm i'm, I'm ruining this for anybody it's not really that big of a, a teaser <laughs> or it's not really that big of a of a what's the word uh spoiler but in final fantasy 7 remake you know the boss battles are are more epic yeah and that that first one is like an eight minute epic uh with like multiple stages of fights and so the music needs to kind of like i get it you know like the music needs to to like ebb and flow based on that fight and so they have this massive huge battle theme that for this battle and it's like eight minutes long and i'm just it's just great you know it's like great to hear all of these themes and all of these songs and all these melodies that i've heard a million times and then them just be like rehashed and this totally new thing yeah it's great i definitely i i've i am saying like putting off playing it until until uh it's all all remade yeah. it's like yeah i think it's gonna be a i'm gonna have to start playing it soon now because one uh, i've yeah. got the itch to play final fantasy 7 so why not play the remake yeah anyway and it's like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have to do it aren't i it's I'm gonna different. have to do it <laughs> it's different than the original i will say but it's an it's close enough where you're like gonna feel all the feels and you'll i don't know i was pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. and i was happy that they're gonna do more because it would be really weird to stop there but yeah anyway i'm not gonna yeah. i'm not gonna spoil it no spoilers <laughs> you can bleep out all the things that are spoilers yeah. we won't do the main spoiler that isn't really a spoiler when it happened you know 20 something years ago and everyone should be aware but we've, we won't do that one but yeah clouds are a cow really or something there we go yeah yeah clouds <laughs> a cow he's made made up of animatronics made up of several different animals sellotaped together it's true <laughs> uh, that's so true. that's <laughs> that's kind of the end of the the quick fire questions so we kind of talked about like obviously how you got into into games and um things you've worked on is anything you've got coming up in the future that you are allowed to talk about well um not really uh not really allowed to talk about anything because it's all sort of just brewing but lots is is on the horizon um i expect next year at this time be giving you know uh good news on just the fronts of a game development but yeah i mean the industry is in a weird weird spot right now um and with all the layoffs and stuff it's been it's been tough to find stuff um not gonna lie even even for people like me who who do have quite a few um credits behind them um it's still tough to sort of be seen or be heard i should say but yeah i don't know it's it's been picking up though like a lot and that it's like that feast and famine type thing i think yeah <laughs> so but yeah that's like the business side that we could spend the another whole two hours talking about <laughs> but um yeah so definitely some stuff on the horizon some stuff i'm really excited about some stuff that um i don't really know how to report back to about yet because i haven't really started but it's exciting so yeah if uh, people wanted to like keep up with when when you can announce things, uh, like what's the best place for people to follow you? Is it Twitter or probably? Uh, let's see, where I usually uh, like TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter. Those are usually the places I, I post first. So um, yeah, and my website is uh, just Robert Frost. I, I, I for the third.com so 
you can pretty much find everything there that's current and i i usually try to update that as much as possible with new new stuff that comes out or a new a new reel or whatever but i've mostly been just hunkering down and learning my craft more in this time of sort of uncertainty and with jobs kind of up and down and i've been doing a lot of um sound design like redesigns or reimaginations for like animations on on linkedin that i'll find of of students or people just kind of practicing and i'll i'll make sound design for those and that's a lot of fun and uh it's fun to share kind of has that cross promotional sort of element to it which is nice for the artist yeah so that's pretty much all i can say i guess yeah (laughs) well stay stay tuned for things in the future i guess yes cool i mean that's kind of came to the end of the end of the questions i had for you rob i'm not sure if there's anything else you'd like to talk about anything you'd like to add i think i have said everything i probably need to say and maybe a little bit more (laughs) well it has been fascinating and i really really appreciate your time and really enjoy chatting to you rob um yeah thank you very much for coming on the podcast thank you so much for having me I'd once again like to thank Rob for taking time out of his schedule to chat to myself for the podcast. As always, Beats and Bleeps will be back next Friday with another new episode. You can find more information out about the podcast on Twitter, which the Twitter profile is at Beats Bleeps Pod, or you can check out the website, which is www.beatsandbleeps.com. I'd like to thank you very much for listening and supporting the podcast. 